sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. Welcome to the Soar Podcast. This is a platform for sisters to gather and have some empowering conversations. And in the process of these conversations, we help each other overcome some limiting beliefs. I want you to join the conversation. I appreciate your likes, subscribes, and comments. This podcast is sponsored by Stephanie Brown Coaching. If you have any limiting beliefs that are holding you back, feel free to contact the coach at sociatap.com forward slash Steph Brown MD. Okay, I'm going to share a little coaching secret with you. One of the ways that we can overcome our limiting beliefs is by revising our thoughts. With the source saying, we get to choose a new thought that expands us and helps us to rise. I don't know about you, but I can use all of the affirmation that I can get. With so much negativity in the world, I bet you can too. So this week's source saying is, speaking my truth is an act of self-love. That's the source saying for this week. Speaking my truth is an act of self-love. So give yourself and the world the gift of you and your truth. Our topic today is mompreneurs making moves. And my special guest is Christina Johnson. She is the podcast host of the Mommy Podcast, M-O-M-M-Y. And each letter stands for something. Christina Johnson is a woman of enduring faith, the wife of an adoring husband, the mother of their eight wonder-filled children, and is determined to live her best life now. Some of her accolades include the All-City and Maryland State Regional Championships in 400 meters, the MEAC Championship titles in cross-country, indoor, and outdoor track, and Junior Olympian in 800 meters. She graduated with distinction with a Bachelor's of Science degree in General Biology, Chemistry and Secondary Education Emphasis. Christina received graduate reading instruction training from Johns Hopkins University and has decades of research training from organizations like the Veterans Administration's Hospital, the University of Maryland, and the Rabin Medical Center in Israel. Mrs. Johnson is also an award-winning educator and orator, receiving over $200,000 from various organizations to research, develop, and teach curricula. She has a heart to help mompreneurs and small business owners plan, pen, and publish their next book, blog, or brochure. She is the visionary and creator of the Mompreneur 5-Day Author Challenge, Power, Purpose, Live, and Write to Six Figures virtual trainings. She's a best-selling author, certified coach, and youth and at-risk communities trainer. Mrs. Johnson is a publisher and the book business consultant at Testimony Publishers, LLC. She has written, directed, and or produced scientific articles, curricula, short stories, poems, stage plays, online courses, and books. She has served as co-chair and director of corporate sponsorship for the National Center for Women's Entrepreneurship Fund, Incorporated. You can check out some of her books, products, and services online, and you'll be able to to see that on my website, what her link is, and connect with her on LinkedIn, Facebook, and other social media sites. Hi, Dr. Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Where do we begin? You are one busy lady. 
But I guess we'll begin uh, with how we met. We met through our podcast and you have a podcast called Mompreneur. So I would love to just have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Alrighty, to all of you who are listening, I'm so excited to be here today. I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation and hopefully I can add value to uh, your current or future endeavors. Uh, I'm Christina M. Johnson, Testimony Publishers LLC and The Mommy Podcast. The Mommy Podcast is, Mommy is actually an acronym that stands for Mompreneurs Optimizing Marriage, Motherhood, and Your Money. So uh, just in that acronym, it's a lot going on in our lives, especially as women. Um, Whether you have children or not, it's a lot as far as the roles that we take on. So what I've decided to do because of my life's journey, I decided to start sharing my testimony. And in sharing my testimony, every time I would share it, I would be able to just connect with someone, encourage or empower them to just keep on going. So that's where Testimony Publishers LLC came about. And now I am doing that with entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who wants to use their message and their story to start or scale their business. Wonderful. I love that you just started with your story because that's that's where it starts. Um, And then you you can see the promise uh, built from there. So if anyone is a mompreneur, it is definitely you. You have eight beautiful children and multiple businesses. And you definitely inspire me with everything that you do. My, my main question was, when do you sleep? <laughs> right, exactly. So with the fact that, you know, you, you do have a large family, how does motherhood times eight inspire what you do? And then also what challenges does that present? Right. Okay. So um, I guess maybe taking a a quick step back, my husband and I have eight children at home right now. So they are between the ages of four and 14 years old. They've been homeschooled all their lives. However, before I was married, I did have a a son out of wedlock and he's now 18 years old. His father has custody of him. So he lives, you know, totally different residence. But at the same time, you know, it's still a lot with what we have going on in the home, in our home right now, my husband's uh, home and mine with our eight children. And it just seems like there's never enough time, but at the same time, there's always enough to get done what you really needed to get done. So I, I want to kind of connect with every woman who knows about having a child or even if their business is their baby, because sometimes I work with fempreneurs or solopreneurs who don't necessarily have you know children, but their business is their baby or their book is their baby. So in reference to our children with homeschooling and running three different businesses, a publishing company, a logistics and transportation company, and then also my children are best-selling authors writing hip-hop hair, and they have a clothing brand. With all of that, we have to be extremely organized. Discipline, when it's kind of lacking, that's when we take up more time to do something. So anytime we, you know, don't exhibit like, you know, following that schedule or trying to stay, you know, on task, then that's when we find that we're running into some hiccups with things. And then you can't always stay on task either. You know, without me, you know, rambling on, it's just kind of important that I kind of put in that plug, plug the fact that even 
even if you have a schedule, you may not always be able to stick to it. So just remain flexible. Mm -hmm. Well, you definitely have a lot of moving parts, even within the family. So what is your organizational structure? Do you use like a computer calendar that you and your husband and the kids share or how do you stay organized? Well, for the most part, it's me, you know, biblically speaking, <laughs> that vine at the center of the table. So it's like if I don't have myself centered and grounded, then it's like everything falls apart. I know the world likes to say the world revolves around the man and the head of the household. And, you know, that's somewhat true. But, honey, it is all me, you know, most of the time being the brain behind it. But then my husband will come in and then he'll see something and he expands on it. It's like he. He doesn't he's not the person that sees the details he sees like the whole picture the overall picture mm -hmm. i can see the overall picture but i'm way better at reverse engineering something so i'll see a goal and then i'll know how to go back to the very beginning so that we can follow those steps to get to it i know how to get from point a to z so it, it kind of works out and then our children thank god they are you know just blessed to to be intelligent and to be wise beyond their years they add an aspect that you know sometimes I would have never even thought of and then they can also help now as they're getting a little bit older they can help with some of the graphics like they do and maintaining some of the sites you know just a little bit and they're learning more and more every day mm. I, I love that I love having on the job training right in the home, you know, because you're building and you're building businesses, but you're also building your legacy, you're building your empire. So why not have the children be involved and learn as they go? Um, exactly. Exactly. One thing that kind of pops into my head is that when we're in, I don't know if this is the same for you, but when my husband and I were going through school, they did not teach us how to, you know, run a business, but we were entrepreneurial minded. We did not want to work. And I, just to be honest, I make a terrible employee. <laughs> I can't like put in my two cents and, you know, just share my purpose and share what I'm passionate about. You know, I really will not do do well at it. So I've always been that way. I've always been the type of person that wanted to create and then also wanted to serve people. So just going through school, I was taught to be a laborer. I was always an A student. I did very well. So I was being trained to actually build someone else's empire, mm -hmm. to graduate and get a good job. And that's what I did. You know, I worked for Johns Hopkins University. I've gotten um, written grants. I had a nonprofit. Um, Michael Jordan Foundation even, you know, granted me money. So it, it's a lot of things that I accomplished. But at the same time, my husband and I, we got together. We talked about it. We were not building our legacy. Mm -hmm. We weren't building anything that we could pass on to our family like Ford you know Henry Ford and his family you know generations upon generations they have in place their children great great grandchildren are set for life so that's what we wanted to do and I think as a people as a woman and then you know as a black woman and then just you know as a person in general you want to have something that you can pass on to say you know it's your legacy and you're leaving your people that are coming behind you with something Absolutely. Yes, it was the exact same when I went to school. Nobody trained me to be an entrepreneur. They trained me to work for someone else. And so I, I definitely get everything that you're saying. Now, one, you, you talked about a little bit your publishing business, and that's one of the hats that you wear as a publisher. And, you know, 
personally, I'm not ready to commit to writing a book, like even my first book yet, but you have had several best-selling books and now you help other people write their next bestseller. So I'm glad you mentioned that you were good in school because I'm thinking to myself, you must have aced English in high school and in college because you're doing all this writing. And when I think about sitting down to write all these books, it's a little bit intimidating. So how did you birth Testimony Publishers and what all do you do there? Right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome question. Okay. So first I want to talk about how testimony publishers came about the, my first son's custody battle was just like ugly. It was messy. You know, it was just like something that you would see in a movie. And it, it, it would bring you to the thought of, you know, putting on a black mask and brass knuckles to, to handle stuff. I was at a really, really low point. I did not have the money to fight in court, you know, like I would have wanted. And on top of that, I had gotten sick. I had two life-threatening surgeries, like back to back. So it was a lot going on at that time. It was like the lowest point in my life. I had never overcome anything up to that point that was just as stressful. And I have done a lot in my life. I've been, you know, a track and field champion, a junior Olympian. I have, you know, gotten scholarships, went everywhere for free. So I'm used to kind of winning, so to speak, without speaking arrogantly. So when I got to that point and it was seeming like I was failing (laughs) because I wasn't winning, quote unquote, um, it was very, very difficult for me. And I suffered physically, you know, having different things go on in my body. Spiritually, I wasn't, you know, connected connected to God like I wanted to be. So it was a lot going on. And I had what I call my bathroom experience. I was, you know, washing dishes one day and I could see my husband's and my children kind of looking at me like, you know, okay, they knew something was wrong. They were trying to be quiet, you know, and be good. So, you know, I wouldn't just like go crazy. And they started walking over to hug me. And I just could not take whatever that narrator on the radio, he was like reading the the Bible, the audio Bible was playing. And whatever he said, I don't even remember, I just started bawling as my babies were walking towards me. And I just like flung the bubbles and water off my hands and I ran into the bathroom and I locked the door. And from that point on, I was cursing myself out for having failed. You know, I was, you know, talking to God like, look, look, you promised me. this that and the other and I just you know had my moment so I I heard a whisper and and that whisper was Christina you'll be okay so I was just like shocked out of that moment I turned the water on washed my face and when I came out of the bathroom for the first time I looked at my children and I looked around you know at the you know living room and everything and I was just like I'm grateful for this Mm -hmm. in this moment right now Now, I didn't know if I would be happy or grateful the next day, but in that moment, I was grateful. So that was something that got me started. That was like the hinge pin in the beginnings of my testimony. So when I would talk to women that I was working with uh, online and in person, and I would share, you know, yeah, I was down before, you know, I had it hard. I didn't even have money to fight for my son, you know, like I wanted to, and all these things that were going on and they could relate to that. Mm -hmm. So no matter what my degree was, no matter what my education or accolade was, I had a 
story that they could connect with me, you know, with. And in that, that's where Testimony Publishers LLC came about because I started sharing my story in a book and then I found a way to help other women and men to do that. Now, real quick, you mentioned um, the fact of, of me being an A student and being really good in English, and that's true. But that led me to develop a strategy for anyone that wanted to write, because that is a myth that everyone believes that they have to be a good writer to write. No, you do not have to be. If you have a story within you, there is a strategy that you can use. All you need is a blueprint or a template to kind of get you to the point so that you'll know what to say, and then you can get your book out of you. So that's what I, over like the last decade and a half, I took everything I learned at Hopkins going through um, school. I also went to Coppin University. I also traveled. I took everything I knew in the classroom and in dealing with people, the psychology behind why people are fearful of doing things. And then I put it into a writing strategy and I call it the 1500 words in 15 minutes or less. And it has never failed to produce at least 1500 words in 15 minutes or less when the person follows the blueprint that I left. Okay. That's exciting. That's impressive. 1500 words in 15 minutes. Wow. Yes. Okay. And it's always usually more. I've never had 1500 words. I've never had 1501. You know, it's always more. It is mm -hmm. always more because of the questions, how they're sort of geared towards you answering and responding, you already know what you want to say before you start answering the question. And I'll kind of give your listeners a little heads up. It does involve dictation. So you don't even need to know how to write. So the dictation does the transcribing and the writing and everything for you. So that's something that, you know, even without my strategy, your listeners can begin to do that with a digital recorder. They can use Google Docs. Google Docs has a voice typing feature. And and then they can use Word as well. And Word has a dictation feature. I am so glad you mentioned that because I never learned how to type. I went to an all-girls school and it was like a, a college prep school. And so back then, you know, computers weren't a big thing. And so they were like, you guys are not going to be secretaries. So you're not going to need to learn how to type. And, and it still plagues me to this day. So I think when it comes to writing, that isn't a hurdle. So if I think about it and just am able to dictate that would be something. So thank you for that little nugget. That you was are awesome. so welcome. And you meet the doctor, they probably mentioned somewhere in your classes that dictation piece because I know a lot of doctors know about dictation. So they probably mentioned it, but not in the sense of like writing a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. That is awesome. strategy to my children. And that's how they wrote hip hop hair. Um, they were able to do write the book in about 15 minutes, but then they had to go back and do illustration and things like that. And of course, your final book is not going to be the one that you do in 15 minutes. You have to do the editing and, and, and whatnot. But for the most part, you have everything that you need to write a great book using that strategy. That is exciting. That's really exciting. 
One of the things that I saw in your media kit Mm -hmm. was something about the mompreneur author challenge, which might be what you're talking about now, and also the power pros revolution. Can you tell tell us a little bit about those two? Yeah, I for the last two years, I've done the the mompreneur five day author challenge. And that's over the course of five days. I use the 1500 words in 15 minutes or less strategy to have the mompreneurs finish in five days an ebook. So in 15 minutes, the ebook is done. But before we get to that point, we research keywords. We also talk about your ideal reader or your ideal client. Because if you're writing a book and you already have a business, then maybe you can use that book to scale your business. No, you're not just going to write a regular book. You're going to write a book that incorporates your story and your message. And then also, in addition to your mission, you are going to add in things that would draw your reader in to wanting to become your client. So it's it's several things that you can do along the way throughout the writing of the book to kind of intrigue people to want to know more, to want to work with you. And that's what we're doing over those five days, finding out your why, your ideal reader, researching the keywords so that when someone types into Google, your book will come up or information about you or at least your website or blog, whatever it is that you're also using in addition to your your book to get noticed. And then the Power Pros Revolution, I'm sort of revamping that now for a surprise that I'm introducing introducing <laughs> March, April-ish. So I won't say all of that, but the Power Pros Revolution also uses the 1500 words in 15 minutes of life strategy, but that is a one day like intensive. <laughs> so we do everything in that one sitting. So we do the research, we do the, the keyword research, we do all the metadata, we do your author bio, your book for everything is done in that day so you can leave the session and have what you need to move forward to publish your book. So I'll just uh, give a little hint, writing to six figures legacy is coming soon and it'll incorporate wow. the, the, the 1500 words and 15 minutes or less strategy too. Okay. See, and I think I started this interview saying that I had not committed to writing my book. I think I may be ending this interview with a commitment to writing my book. (laughs) You're awesome. I I work with a client. This is just like me, not necessarily plugging what I do, but I know it works. I believe in it. I use it on my children and it works. But I was working with a client and she was dyslexic. She barely graduated high school and she she doesn't mind me telling her story. She is now a PhD. She's a missionary and she is running her own business. She did not even believe that she could do all of that and write a book, but we not only wrote a book, we also used it to start her the publishing side of, of her business. So all of that can be done in just short periods of time if you have the blueprint. And and with us, a lot of times, especially as women, oh my goodness, we decide that we have to trudge alone and no one else, you know, understands us. And that perspective, it's, it's a limiting belief because there's so many women out there that want to help and want to be a part of it, but we may not know the angle sometimes to kind of approach certain people or maybe even people don't know the angle to approach us because they just don't know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just going to take conversation and talking and then what can happen? All right. You may not be in a relationship with someone that you were never in a relationship with anyway so it really doesn't even matter just give it a shot so we have to kind of extend ourselves and be open to to learn from other people 
if I had someone who could have shown me in 2017 how to do this online business thing, it wouldn't have took me to 2019 to, you know, get it right. You know, I tripped and I failed and, and it was just crazy. But long story short, what I'm saying is if you know someone who's already done something that you want to do, basically just ask some questions, find out what they're doing. Uh, maybe they can coach you through or mentor you through it, whatever it is, but just reach out all they. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that they say no, and then you're in the same boat anyway. Yep, absolutely. That is one of my core beliefs about sisterhood and just kind of engaging in it and being open to it because you never know where it might lead and we do need each other. And that leads me into my next question. With everything that you do, how do you make time for self-care and for sisterhood? Okay, so you know that I'm working on that hard. I mean, sometimes it just takes me, I mean, I'll lock my bathroom experience will probably give you a hint to where my, my solid, my place of solace is, but I would lock myself in the bathroom and I'll run myself a bubble bath. I love the, the rose, uh, the Epsom salt, the Dr. Teal's Epsom salt rose scented. I love that. I'll, I'll put that in, run a bubble bath. I love essential oils, aromatherapy and reflexology. I do that. I do that for my entire family. We have like this thing where, you know, I get together and I do everyone's feet but I make sure that I do that for myself as well so uh, those are some of the things that I do I do exercise we exercise collectively like we have 15 minutes calisthenics because we also homeschooling you also have to do like physical education with them so that's part of our physical education you know taking walks doing calisthenics and working out makes me feel so much better even if it's just like 15 minutes some days I get up and I'm like I do not want to work out so this is what I do instead I'll say okay we're gonna work out and then we'll just have a dance party that that's one of the workouts right and we'll dance for like five songs doing i mean and i'm tired i mean it is Mm -hmm. cardio you know and my babies are trying to show me moves and stuff and the floss and this and i'm like you know what okay i'll do it but um it might not be right it might not look right but i'll try it and then we just do that and then some days we do take off because i just you know need a rest my muscles and my body just need to recuperate and I don't do anything at all. I don't cook. I will order out. My husband is very supportive in reference to if I say I don't want to cook, I don't want to clean, I'm not doing it. He will pay somebody to do it. (laughs) And they will come in and we have food delivery. I don't hardly drive. So it's some things that I have replaced to kind of find my peace. So instead of me driving a car to get to where I got to go and being like, by the time I get there, Mm -hmm. I will, you know, hire a driver. Um, I get Uber sometimes. We have a gentleman. He has his own company. We support, you know, our the local businesses. So he'll come and pick me up very, very often. And I'm in the back seat, just getting myself together, getting my mind mm-hmm. right for where I got to go. So it's a lot of little different things. I really don't have a set regimen, but it's several key things that I always go to on a weekly basis at some time throughout the week just to get my time. And I'm just going to be honest, running a business, even if I was just running one business, it would still be a lot. And it's not like a nine to five. You cannot just get there by, you know, 845 and then leave at 515. You have to be present in your business. And if you are not, your business is going to, you know, slack somewhere. So if if we want the listeners to really get a great idea of entrepreneurship and just following a dream, 
even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, if you have a dream or a vision, it's going to take your commitment to doing it. It's going to take you, you know, going from point A to point B, failing and then getting back up and trying again. Just like when we were babies. One of the examples that I always give when I'm talking to anyone about stamina and perseverance, I mentioned when we were first learning to walk. Somehow or another along the way, we forgot that that inner strength, you know, that guff to just keep going. I mean, I remember times when I was climbing, like just plopping down and it hurt. And I remember times when my children, they would fall down, scrape up, but they were always right back up, getting ready to do it again, whether I gave them a hug or not. Mm-hmm. You see, and that me giving my child a hug is equivalent to the world supporting you, your family supporting you. You may not always have that. So you still got to get up and learn to walk. <laughs> so you just need to do it sometimes. So I, I just kind of wanted to add that so it wouldn't just be, oh, well, she, you know, gets time to rest. And, no, but we work. We work hard. And then, you know, thank God the the benefits are, are then reaped because of what we've done beforehand or sown, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I always in my podcast interviews asking about limiting beliefs. So what limiting beliefs did you have to overcome (laughs) in order to get to where you are now, where you're reaping the benefits? Dr. Stephanie, you do not have time on this podcast. That's a good question, though. It really is a good question. I had so many. Growing up as um, I'm, I am a conqueror of childhood molestation. So I don't want to just say I'm a survivor. I just threw that right out the window. No, I have conquered it. I'm victorious. I'm virtuous. Amen. So a lot of that made me, that, that whole situation made me cynical. I was mistrusting. I didn't trust myself and my judgment because of the, the how it happened was just like I to go play. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like all of that. I took the burden, which was not supposed to be my burden. Mm-hmm. And I eventually, you know, upon becoming a, a mom, you know, I began to I think God used that me being a mother so that I could see what I needed to do to protect my children. But I also had to do some of those same things to protect myself as an adult, which was OK. I, you know, I don't know how to put this diaper on. Right. All right. But forgive myself and keep on going and try again next time. The same thing applies for when you are overcoming childhood issues, whether, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever it is. We all have something from our childhood that, you know, we ran into or maybe our parents didn't raise us the way that we believe they should have. You know, whatever it is, you have to forgive yourself for whatever you're blaming yourself for. So my limiting beliefs were that I wasn't worthy. It was my fault. I'm the cause of it. I have to be pleasing to everyone. If I'm pleasing to this person, then they'll love me the correct way. I'm giving of myself, giving too much of myself. And then all of that played a part in my performance, my performance, you know, on the job, in school, I could have, I guess, extended 
ended some of the things that I did a lot you know, farther if some of those limiting beliefs were there. But I can look back and see where those limiting beliefs stopped me mm-hmm. from doing certain things. So it just self-reflection, you know, has, has brought a, a huge growth in my life. And some of those limiting beliefs, like I said, they were, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. And then even it would still creep up. Like even now, I still mm-hmm. go through daily um, sessions of I am. I, I do visualization. Mm-hmm. You know, I read the Bible. God is with me. God will never leave me or forsake me. So I have to know these things within myself so that I can repeat them to myself when those negative thoughts, those lies pop up in my head. So it, it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's an, a constant walk. Um, every day you have to be working. Um, I do know that sometimes those thoughts that may come in, like, you know, man, you know, this, this person is not going by. You said the wrong mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> you know, if that pops in, you know, if that's not necessarily related to like my childhood or anything, but it's just related to me being human, I think. Because sometimes you're just like, you know, okay, what did I do? What did I say? So whenever stuff like that pops up, I then have to start speaking life and speaking what is going to happen and then set my expectations for the thing to happen. And then most often it does. And then if it doesn't, because I have had many situations where things didn't happen the way that I expected, even though I was doing the IMs and I was visualizing and everything it didn't happen but something else in its place happened or something better than what I was expecting occurred. So it's it's a, a give and take with with expecting things and having them happen because sometimes because of limiting beliefs that you get rid of, you will you'll still reap some benefits, but then there'll still be losses in there as well sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can concur to all of that. It's a daily thing. You have to, they will still come. They still pop up those, those limiting beliefs. Just like you said, oh, this person, I said the wrong thing. They're not going to, I'm not going to. And then you just have to go through, you know, speaking life and speaking affirmations to yourself to, to get through that. So um, that is real. That is real. And that that was one of my first books. It's called, um, Focus on conquering. So focus is an acronym. Focus on um, uh, F-O-C-U-S, right? (laughs) Focus on conquering until successful. So in that book, I talk about the three voices in your head. So the three voices, one is just the total lie. You know, I'm ugly. No one wants me. I'm not worthy. And then the second voice is based on just facts and evidence, which may be a fact. It may have some data to support it but it's still not the truth and that could be something like you know I'm not dressed um, like I want to be or you know I don't have money enough to buy these shoes you know it may be facts and evidence but it's still not the truth so then the third voice is the actual truth you are fearfully and wonderfully made Mm -hmm. you are um, a divine spirit in flesh you uh, everything you touch will turn to gold in time and then some of the things that are like the physical it, it, that are the truth you may not be dressed the way you want to be but girl you look good <laughs> so it's those types of things so those three voices I think I have those three voices all day long going on in my head but it's the truth that needs to supersede all of that mm, I love that thank you for sharing that with us uh, this has been a wonderful conversation can you tell us how we can 
get connected with you, how we can purchase your books, how we can find out about this exciting opportunity coming up in March and April. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I am going to send you to my link tree for any information on anything that I'm doing. So Linktree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash and then my full name, which is Christina Marcia Johnson. And that's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-A-R-C-I-A-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. That's a lot. So I'm on Linktree as Christina Marcia Johnson. And then for any other information in reference to upcoming events and things like that, you can contact me um, through my website uh, at christinamarciajohnson.com or email me at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at Testimony Publishers, LLC dot online. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation and I appreciate your time because I know you're busy. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guest, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown Coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. Goodbye for now. 